Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo. And we are working on the simplicity series and how to really dial in some simple ways of handling money, food. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to tackle time as well. But today, I'm going to complete the food portion of this series with three simple ways to work with your food from an energetic perspective, from a spiritual perspective, which is the alpha perspective. Now, I did receive some pushback last week, and I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> I'm not surprised by that, brothers, because the truth is talking about food is like talking about politics and religion. Everybody has their own opinion about food, and whatever belief they have is so deeply tied into the identity that it can be very triggering to even make simple suggestions about the way we feed. And last week, I basically said that all opinions are subjective, and it is the subjectivity of opinion that creates the result. Well, that triggered some folks, and the vegetarians were triggered because as a spiritual man, I didn't say anything about eating meat being bad. And the carnivores were triggered because as a fitness coach, I didn't say anything about eating meat being good. <laughs> that was the majority of the feedback I got. Of course, I received the usual like great podcast accolades for most of you guys, but it's really the dissenters that I love the most because although I constantly trigger your personal belief systems, you guys keep listening. And I am nearly certain that at some point along this journey, I've triggered a nerve with every single one of you, including you, the one listening to this right now. And you know what, brothers, you are still here. And that's because you guys trust me. That's because you guys love this information because it resonates, because it's true, because everything is energy. Everything is energy. The reason you're still listening to this podcast is vibration. That's what everything is. Everything is energy. Everything is the energy of vibration seeking an alignment with itself, which is love. And when we are attracted to something, it is because of an alignment with our own vibration. And there is an alignment with that we have to see, which is the same as saying to become aware of. You know, we see that alignment, we see that vibration, we are become aware of it, and then we transmute it. And then we grow and we evolve and we do all the all the things, right? Everything just kind of evolves. But the evolution begins with the mutation energetically. And that is really what I'm going to talk about today when it comes to food. So let's get right into it so we can wrap this up. We can move on to time next week. I'm going to offer you guys three simple ways to change your relationship with food, to simplify your relationship with food. The first is routine. Brothers, I've said this before. I said it many years ago, and I think it's time that I remind you guys, your food is not here to entertain you. Your food is not here to excite you. It is not here to prevent you from being bored. Okay, now we have this idea that food is entertainment. We have this idea that food is supposed to not be boring. If we're eating the same thing that we're boring, if we're not putting spices on it, then it's boring. If it doesn't have a certain sauce to dip it in, then it's boring. Brothers, I want you guys to consider our ancestors. Our ancestors would eat the same thing over and over and over and over again, depending on where in the world they were living. Meat and fruit, maybe some seeds, nuts, and roots. That's pretty much it. Meat was the primary source of energy, you know, the protein and the fat. And the animals that were around were what would be eaten, whether they were large animals or whether they were small animals. 
but they would be eaten over and over again, over and over again. It's not like you had a menu and you could choose some exotic food covered in sauces and spices and all done up with in a kitchen that was made and displayed all beautifully and perfectly for you to enjoy and be entertained by. You know, in many ways, our bodies are simple machines, very simple machines. Now, there are great complexities to the human body, but in many ways, our needs are quite simple. <laughs> you know, temperature regulation as an internal process is very complex. You know, the way our bodies regulate our temperature internally, it's very complex. However, the need for a specific range of temperature is very simple. The sexual hormones and reproductive systems in our bodies are very complex. However, the need to procreate is very simple. The digestive system and the way food is turned into energy and cellular regeneration is quite complex. However, the diet that is required for this process is very simple. Our bodies don't need much and can survive on the same foods eaten over and over again. In fact, contrary to conjecture, the more often you eat the same thing, the less energy your body expends breaking down that energy. It gets used to what you're putting into it and therefore can expedite the process of digestion more efficiently and effectively. Now, I know what people say. Like, I get it. I'm in the matrix. I'm living with you guys in this third dimensional reality. So I hear all of the cliches, all the conjecture out there. You know, variety is the spice of life. Or we're only here once. We might as well try a little bit of everything. Or sometimes people say we're here to enjoy everything life has to offer. And brothers, all of these cliches are a part of the great excuse, capital G, capital E, right? I call it the great excuse. It's the main frame of the matrix. And I want you to know I'm not judging anyone. I'm not judging anyone or anything. I'm simply offering a different way to think about your food, not saying that any way is wrong or right, good or bad. I will say that according to the universal truth, your food is not here to make you feel a certain way. It will, of course, if you're using food to buffer with, you know, if you eat tons of sugar or you eat when you're not hungry or any type of unconscious feeding, then you're going to be avoiding emotions, which is buffering, a form of distraction, a distraction away from yourself, away from your feelings, from your vibrations. And this can arise in the most subtlest of ways, from heading to the fridge to get a snack to picking at finger food during a party. It doesn't really matter. When you eat unconsciously, you are buffering. You're using food to avoid feeling and using food to make you feel better. On the flip side of that is the desire for food to entertain you. And this occurs in different ways as well. From using food as a form of social entertainment to going out to different restaurants in order to avoid being bored with your meals. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. And I may repeat this several times during the course of this podcast episode because I want to make it very clear that I'm not judging this behavior. In fact, the most simple way to eat is to hire somebody to cook for you. <laughs> hire somebody to shop and cook for you because then you never have to think about your food. It's just very simple. It's all done for you. But I'm only saying all this behavior creates an unnecessary complexity around food that comes from an unconscious mental state. The definition of emotional immaturity, if you guys remember this from like years ago, you know, in the very beginning of this podcast, I did a lot of defining of terms. You know, I defined circumstance, I defined thought, I defined belief, I defined feelings, I defined actions, and I defined emotional immaturity. And emotional immaturity is when you blame your circumstances for how you feel. And nothing gets blamed more than food, except for maybe money or people, you know? I feel unsafe because of my money, or I feel angry because of something somebody said, right? Like, nothing gets blamed more 
There's no circumstance that gets blamed more than food except for money or other people. And when you use food as a way to make yourself feel a certain way, you're either buffering or you're engaging in emotional immaturity. Cooking a meal with a friend or partner can be a very fun and enjoyable experience. Just remember that the experience, the feeling, is coming from the way you think about the experience, right? About the way you think about the circumstance, not from the events that are occurring, not from the circumstances themselves. Enjoying a night out with your family and friends can be a lot of fun. Just keep in mind that it's always your mental attitude that makes it so or not so. It isn't the restaurant, it isn't the waiter's behavior, it isn't the way your company feels, right? This isn't what you're choosing to eat on the menu or what they're choosing to eat on the menu. And it definitely isn't the food itself. It's all just your thoughts. It's all your thoughts that are creating your experience. Not the food. <laughs> not what you're eating. Not what other people are doing. Not what other people are saying. Now, brothers, like I did with Monday, I want to offer you some tips for this. And I want to give you a little insight into my own life. Brothers, I'm going to tell you the truth. I eat the same thing almost every day of the week. I know that sounds wild, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this guy. <laughs> this guy, Kevin Ayo, and he's the most boring dude, right? It's true. I do. I eat the same thing every single day. And yes, I have heard it all. I've heard that I am boring. I've heard that I'm disciplined. I've heard that I'm crazy. I've heard that I'm unhealthy. I've heard that I'm rigid. I've heard that I'm organized. I've heard everything. I've been admired and I've been shamed about the way I eat. And I don't really care about any of it. It's because of the inversion principle, right? The alpha male tenant knows the inversion principle. You guys may remember this. The inversion principle state that what other people say about you tells you nothing about you and everything about them. And this is true because when people tell me I'm boring, it's not me that's boring. It's the way they're thinking, right? If people tell me I'm disciplined, again, it's not me that's disciplined. It's the way that they're thinking. It's their judgment. The judgment is about me, but that's their thought. And really their judgment is about themselves because it's a projection. This is a deeply spiritual principle that I use in both the academy and in the path. Every day I eat the same breakfast and I eat the same dinner every day, every single day. And I do this for reasons of simplicity. First, I know exactly where everything is in the grocery store. I don't use time looking for food items when I shop. This saves me energy. Second, I know what everything is going to cost. I know exactly how much money I'm going to spend on food every week. This saves me energy. Third, I know exactly how long it's going to take to cook my food in the morning and in the evening. I know the routine of prepping the food, cooking the food, and eating the food. This saves me energy. Fourth, I know exactly how many calories I will consume every day. I know how much energy is going into my body every day, every week, every month. And this saves me energy. And brothers, all of this saves me energy. It's all about simplicity and constraint. When I am not using time thinking about what I want to cook, when I'm not using time thinking about looking around the grocery store for all the different items, when I'm not using time prepping for a new meal or learning a new recipe, when I'm not using time budgeting my food expenses and calorie intake, when I'm not using physical time and mental energy to do all of these things, I have that physical time and mental energy to use towards other things like my relationships and my business. I can give more of my time to focus on things that matter to me. I can focus more of my attention. I can give more of my attention and love to the people in my life and to serving my higher purpose. Now, don't misunderstand me. I do go out from time to time, right? I don't just sit in my cave all day long and eat the same thing over and over. I mean, I do, but I don't just sit in my cave, right? I do go out. I do enjoy going out with friends and, and I go out with friends and my family. And sometimes that means I'm going to parties and I'm going to restaurants. 
And if I choose to eat, then so be it. If I have a conscious choice to eat, to savor the flavor, as they say, to enjoy what life is offering me in the moment, then I do. It's conscious. It's a conscious choice. But if I choose not to, then I don't. And sometimes I'll hear about it. <laughs> if I choose not to eat, I hear about that, right? People seem to get really upset when you don't want to eat with them. It's like they take it personally or something. And I get it. Look, brothers, I get it. I've done enough research in anthropology to understand. Gathering around a meal as a sign of trust and community. You know, it's in our ancestry. It's in the cells of our heredity. But that's an unconscious notion that comes from our ancestors. It comes from a need to feel safe in the tribe. It comes from thousands of years ago. In 2023, we can feel safe in our tribe without having to engage in an unconscious act for the sake of someone else's feelings. Because that is a people-pleasing and it's unhealthy for the soul. When I choose to eat, I do. And when I choose not to, I don't. My choices are not made through the feelings of other people anymore. I let go of my people-pleasing habits the more I lived into my alpha state. So I eat the same thing every day. And brothers, I don't get bored. <laughs> I don't get bored with my food. Why? Because of my thoughts. Because of my cognitive mastery. Because my food is not entertaining me. Because I'm entertaining me. Because I love my food. I love what I eat. I choose to love my food. I love it because of what it does for me. I love it because it nourishes me. I love it because it loves me. I've chosen food that I like. It tastes good for me and it feels good in my body. This is what I want to offer you first. Determine what you like to eat. Determine what you like to eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Or just eat two meals a day. That's what I do. Or just eat one big meal a day. That's okay too. I wouldn't suggest eating any more than three meals a day. I know there's been some conjecture in the past about multiple small meals speeding up metabolism, and it's completely erroneous. You know, it may speed up your metabolism somewhat, but not enough to matter. You know, your metabolism is what it is. Three meals a day is plenty. And once you know what you like to eat, create a relationship with these items. Love these items. Enjoy them for what they are, which is energy. I talked about that last week. It doesn't matter what it is. It's energy. It's energy. That's all it is. Love it. In the beginning, you might get bored, and that's okay. That's okay, because that's the lesson for you to see, that you've been using food as a form of entertainment. <laughs> you basically stop buffering with food by thinking that it's supposed to entertain you, that the variety is what's keeping you I don't know, healthy or happy or joyful or whatever. It's not the variety. It's your thoughts. Let the boredom be in your body. Process it just like any other emotion. Don't try to change your circumstances to stop the boredom. Change your thoughts. That is the alpha way. And I would offer that you do this for at least 100 days, that you eat the exact same thing every single day for 100 days. And once you've completed 100 days of eating the same thing every day, then you can begin to think about going to a restaurant or having a cheat meal. Oh, I don't even like that. I, I'm not a fan of the phrase or idea of a cheat meal, right? I never was, even when I was a fitness coach, because it changes the relationship you have with your food. If you have a good relationship with your food, if you have a healthy and loving relationship with your food, you don't cheat on it. You know, if you have a healthy and happy relationship with your partner that you truly love, a loving relationship with your partner, then you don't cheat on them. You don't cheat on your partner. <laughs> you don't have a cheat day. You don't cheat because she's boring, Right? We don't do that. We don't cheat on our partners. We don't cheat on our food. But that's what we're doing with our food. You know, we're like, oh, I'm going to eat all of this, all of this quote unquote healthy food, all this food I don't like. And then on the weekend, I'm going to cheat. Like, what is that? 
Just love what's going into your body. Create a real relationship, brothers. Create a conscious relationship with what is going into your body. Create a conscious relationship with your food. Create an honest, loving relationship with what you're eating every day. It is energy. It's just energy. Consider it to be living. Treat it like a pet or a plant. Form a relationship with your food. And this brings me to the second simple way to change your relationship with food. Give it loving energy. Love your food. Love it. It is loving you. It's going into your body and it is becoming who you are. That's what's wild, right? That's what's so wild is our food becomes who we are. Money doesn't do that. You know, some people love money. They love money because of what it can do, right? I can buy things with this. I can enjoy life with this. And then they sit, they hate their food. <laughs> they put all this hate into their food, which goes and becomes their body. And they put all this love into their money and their things and their stuff, which has nothing to do with them. It's so wild. It's so unconscious. Like that's the thing. It's such a part of the beta world. It's such a part of the matrix. You know, when it comes to your food, give it loving energy. At every point of contact with your food, begin to send it loving energy. This is the second simple way you can change your relationship with food. When you pick up your food in the grocery store, when you go shopping for your food, briefly give it a little bit of love and gratitude, just briefly, as you pull it off the shelf or pick it out of the produce or whatever it is. Just very briefly, like, just love it. After all, you didn't have to hunt for it, Right? Like, look, you can just go to the grocery store and it's there for you. It's waiting for you. It's waiting for you to grab it and bring it home. It was always meant for you. Like, that's the idea of like divine destiny. That food that whatever it is you chose to bring home and put into your body was always meant to be there for you. So give thanks, love and gratitude. You know, you didn't have to go hunt for it. You didn't have to expend energy for it. You don't have to go and gather it or grow it if it's produce, right? It's right there waiting for you to pick it up. Just be thankful. Give thanks. Send love. When you bring it home and store it in your refrigerator, when you're unpacking the bags of your groceries, do the same. Take for a moment. Take a pause and just give your food a little bit of peace and a little bit of love. Offer it a little bit of energy so it sustains itself in a state of readiness for consumption. And then when you prepare and cook your meal, do that with a vibration of love. Sit there with your cooking and give thanks that you have this food that you're about to eat. And when the plate is in front of you before you consume it, offer it a blessing and an energy of thanks and gratitude. You know, it's in every religious scripture I've ever seen. It's in every spiritual text to be grateful for the food that you eat. The Christ said it. The Christ said it in the communion, you know? And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And that's the thing, is like the Christ is the body, right? If we look at the Trinity, the Father is the mind, the Spirit is the vibration, the feelings, and the Christ, the Son, is the body. Do this in remembrance of me. It's the physical energy. It's the physical energy that you're consuming. It's becoming you through basically a process of magic, <laughs> through a process that people really don't even understand. Like if you talk to any cellular biologist, there's a mystery that occurs through digestion. There's a mystery that occurs in a cellular regeneration. It's magic. Give thanks for that. Give thanks for how your food, this life outside of you becomes life within you. And brothers, I have seen people do nothing other than this and have drastic changes in their health and vitality. They've done nothing other. They haven't changed their calorie intake. They haven't changed what they've eaten or how much they've eaten or when they've eaten. 
They've only changed this one simple thing by giving love, by giving gratitude and love, an energy of gratitude and love to their thoughts, through their feelings, into their food. And they've had major changes in their health and vitality. I, I haven't documented it. Like I haven't done any research on it, like scientifically, but I've noticed it. I've noticed it empirically, like just in my many years as a health coach, fitness coach. Because food, like all things, is an energy. The energy that you put into your body becomes your body. This is why I offer that you treat it like your pet. Treat it like a plant. Treat it like a loved one. Because it's you. It will become you. It will become you. Treat it like you treat yourself. Talk to it. Love it. Be kind to it. I know. You're probably like, man, this guy's crazy. <laughs> He's telling me to talk to my food. He's telling me to love my food and be kind to my food. It's like we chastise kids. Like I remember being chastised as a kid for playing with my food. You know, parents tell kids, don't play with your food. Don't play with your food. Don't play with your food. Why not? Why not? Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Create a relationship with it. Talk to it. It's going to nourish you. It is going to give you life. You know, we should be celebrating when children play with their food. We should be celebrating when children enjoy and have a great relationship with their food. And instead we chastise, we punish them. But then again, we're in the age of punishment. So it's not surprising to me that that's what we're doing in our unconsciousness, which is punishing, punishing, punishing. Let's be grateful and be loving with your food and with yourself as you consume it. Be loving to yourself too, brother. Like that's the other thing. Make sure you love yourself as you consume this food. Love yourself, love the food, and love the process of your food becoming yourself. And this whole process doesn't take long. It doesn't require anything other than your attention, right? All you have to do is take a pause, take a moment, and stop what you're doing. Stop all the busyness of your body and all the busyness of your mind. Give yourself a moment and feel your own energy. Feel the force flowing through you. <laughs> you know, there's a Star Wars nerd coming out, but I'm being serious. And you don't have to just do it with your food. You can do this with all things at all times. You know, love your plants, love your things, love your money, love your stuff, love your animals, love, love and appreciate everything in your life. This is gratitude. It's gratitude. And as it pertains to your food, just allow yourself a moment at certain times during the process of engaging with your food. When you buy it, when you store it, when you prep it, when you cook it, and when you consume it, it doesn't have to be a big show. You don't need to say grace or make a performance out of it. You don't need to stop in the grocery store and say, stop, everybody stop. We need to have a blessing for this food. No, no one even needs to know you're doing it. Just stop for a moment and send a vibration of love to your food. This alone, this alone will change your relationship with food as well as your health and your body. So that's number two. All right, brothers, the third thing is fasting. Fasting has health benefits that are vast and outside the scope of this podcast episode. I'm not going to get into the health benefits. The reason I offer fasting in terms of creating a simple relationship with your food is twofold. First, because it allows you a break from any kind of mental attachment you have to your food. And second, because it allows for a level of gratitude to enter into your consciousness. As with any relationship, solitude and reflection is important. Okay, it doesn't matter whether you're in a relationship with a person, with an animal, with a plant. It doesn't matter what you know, relationship we're talking about. Relationship with a car. <laughs> relationship with a phone, right? We have relationships with our phones and with our TVs. Anytime we have a relationship when we 
break that relationship, we take a pause and separate, when we have solitude and reflection, that relationship takes on a new meaning. No matter how much we love someone, taking a break from them and being by yourself allows you to integrate what you experience when you're with them. Because it's difficult to integrate any experience when you're engaged with the auric energy or when you're engaged with the energy of that other being or other thing. It allows you to separate your auric field from theirs and experience yourself as yourself. And when you do that, you can begin to contemplate and integrate the experience of having that auric field integrated with them, sort of interwoven. And this is true of food as well. Taking a break from your relationship with food allows you to experience your own energy, the energy you have when you are not digesting, when you are not being nourished by the energy of your food. Not only are you able to experience your own energy, your own inner voice more clearly, you also build a deeper appreciation for the food and what it does for you when you fast. You become more grateful for having it when you refrain from it. You know, again, consider any other relationship. Consider the relationship with your partner, right? Your wife, your girlfriend, when you go away from them, when you go on a trip, whether a business trip or on vacation, when you leave them, when you leave your family, don't you miss them? Don't you take a moment and to appreciate being with them because you're not with them? It's kind of like, oh, I miss them. You know, I'm apart from them. You know, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for my life with this person. Doesn't it make you appreciate them when they are in your life? When they're not, right? It's like, it's like that separation creates a sense of gratitude for having. This is another energetic benefit of fasting. When you fast, you become grateful for having food. You know, our bodies need to eat. And there's so many people in the world, so many people, I would say over 50%. Again, I don't have the data. I guess I could Google it, but I don't have the data to exactly know. But there's so many people in the world that don't have access to food. And here we are having all this access to food, to fast, to take a break and say, okay, I'm going to separate myself from this feeding so I can become grateful, so I can appreciate my relationship with food. It's so powerful. And fasting can be done in many different ways, several ways. There are fasting windows, there's intermittent fasting, and there's long-duration fasting. And I would offer you try all three at different times as they call you, right? So a fasting window is what I do daily, okay? I have my first meal in the morning around 11 a.m., and I have my last meal in the evening around 6 p.m. So I eat in a seven to eight-hour window. And my fasting window is 16 to 17 hours. Every day, I have a fasting window of about 16 to 17 hours. And I don't eat before breakfast, I don't eat before 11 a.m., and I don't eat after dinner. So whenever I finish dinner, you know, 6.30, you know, 6.15, 6.30, I don't eat after that. That is a part of my relationship. It's part of my relationship with food. And you can make your window as long, as large, I guess as large or as small as you would like, because it's your relationship. I'm not telling you to do what I do. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you what I do. I'm not telling you you should do it too. You know, maybe you have your first meal at 1 p.m. and you have your last meal at 5 p.m., right? You have two meals there and you have a much larger fasting window. Or maybe you have breakfast earlier in the day. Maybe it's like 8 a.m. And then when you get home from work or something later in the evening, you have dinner at 7 p.m. So you have like a 12-hour window. You know, whatever. It's your relationship. You do what works for you. But again, it's about the relationship. It's about the thoughts. Intermittent fasting is a little bit different. Intermittent fasting is taking a longer fast once or twice during the week for like, you know, 24 to 36 hours. 
A 24-hour fast means you still eat every day. In fact, a 36-hour fast still means you eat every day. You know, if you're doing two meals a day like I'm doing, then it really just means you skip one of your meals. That's a 24-hour fast. So a 24-hour fast is you skip one meal a day. I do this about once a week. I usually skip dinner. For example, I'll eat breakfast on Wednesday, and then I'll eat again on Thursday, right? I'll eat breakfast on Thursday, so I won't have dinner on Wednesday. That's a 24-hour fast from Wednesday morning to Thursday morning. For a 36-hour fast, I'll eat breakfast on Wednesday, and then I'll have dinner on Thursday. So I won't have dinner on Wednesday or breakfast on Thursday, right? But it's 36 hours, and I still eat every day. I still eat breakfast on Wednesday and dinner on Thursday. So I'm not skipping a day. Like, I'm not going a whole day without eating. I'm going 36 hours, so it is a whole day. But I still eat Wednesday, and I still eat Thursday. And that's a 36-hour fast. So it's not like you're just going a whole day without eating even though it's still 36 hours. I know that's wild, right? It's like, ah, time, like beautiful, time is so beautiful. The idea here, once again, is not to draw in sympathy from friends or family. Like, it's not a big deal. Like, we're not gonna tell everyone we're fasting. I don't tell people when I'm fasting. I just don't eat, you know? And the point is to bring me closer to my relationship. The point is to bring you closer to your relationship with your food and build up a gratitude for what it does for you. The behavior doesn't need, to, doesn't need to change, and it never does. Like, my behavior doesn't change. I still work out. Even on a 36-hour fast, I still work out. I still work out Thursday morning. So in that example, like, I'll work out in the morning, and then I'll eat Wednesday morning, right? So I do my workout Wednesday morning, then I eat. I have my breakfast. And then my day is normal, Wednesday is normal, and then Thursday morning, I'll go to the gym again. I'll work out again, but I just won't eat breakfast. So I don't have dinner Wednesday night, and I don't have breakfast Thursday morning. I still work out Thursday morning, and then I have dinner on Thursday night. Nothing changes. Nobody ever knows when I'm fasting, right? My behavior doesn't change. I don't mope around with low energy, talking to everybody about, oh, I'm fasting, fasting, fasting. It's not about that. It's about you and food, brother. It's about you and your relationship with this beautiful part of being a human being, this feeding, this energy, this energy of, of life. Now, this gets a little tougher in longer fasts, okay? So with longer fasts, you know, longer fasts can last anywhere from a week to a month. And these do require some special guidance. I would advise that unless you have someone guiding you on how to properly execute this procedure, that you just, you don't try to do this on your own. The benefits are tremendous. I got to tell you, like long duration fasts have tremendous benefits. However, you know, there are some risks involved, which is probably not surprising, you know, the greater the risk, the greater the benefit. About once a year, I will do a two-week fast. And during this time, my life does change a little bit. It's not like the 36-hour fasts. During this two-week period, my workouts are minimized. My meditations are increased. And special considerations are taken when it comes to rest and hydration. If you are interested in this type of fast, please find someone who has done this before and can guide you on how to properly execute the process. And while I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't guided anyone in the academy on this type of fast specifically, it's only because the request hasn't been made. <laughs> Not a single one of the students in the academy has said, hey, Kevin, will you guide me through a two-week fast? It just it hasn't come up. But if you are interested, you know, please enroll in the academy and we work together on how to make this happen for you. All right, brothers, that is what I have for you when it comes to food. Look, next week I'm going to begin the Simplicity Series on time. We're going to get move into some really great stuff around energy and living in your higher vibrations. But I've got to tell you, the Academy is going through some alterations and I want to just let you know this 
up front as well because we are going through some changes. We're going through some restructuring and I'm really excited about those changes. I'm not going to talk about them now. I'm going to talk to you about them later on future podcast episodes. I will keep you advised on those. But brothers, remember this. Food is energy. Everything is energy. That is the foundation. Energy is love. Okay, unconditional love, universal love, unconditional love. That is what the energy is. <laughs> when we say it is what it is, when I tell you, when I say that to you guys, it is what it is, what I'm saying to you is it is energy, it is love. Because everything is energy, everything is love. It is what it is. When I say what is it, it is love. That's what it is. And that's the most important for, thing for you to know. Food is energy and is no different from any other energy. It is love. It is the energy that goes into your body and becomes you. Give it special attention. Give it special appreciation. Give it special gratitude and give it special love. Because brother, you are special and you are love. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.